Hello and welcome to the History of Fun, where we explore the hidden backstories behind the things you love to do. My name is Ross Frushik, and I'm joined by Chris Plant. Hello. And Allegra Frank. Hello, Allegra. Hi. Now, I'm gonna I'm talking directly at you, but if I turn my head slightly, would I be side talking? Oh god. You're getting ahead of yourself there. I'm sorry, but we have Russell. a very, very special episode for, I would argue, the most beloved handheld device of our time. Mm-hmm. Please, Allegra, take it away as our resident expert on... Uh, the N-Gage. The N-Gage. So I have a question for you both. Okay. What kind of cell phone do you have? I have an iPhone. Okay. A- an iPhone. <laughs> so are you telling me you don't have the N-Gage X as your cell phone? Wow. Do, wow. Is it because we live in 2017 in the real world where there is no N-Gage X? There might be. Because Welcome the N-Gage to the real world, she said to me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so we there live might in... be an alternate universe where N-Gage was massively there successful. There may be a parallel universe, but sadly that mm-hmm. is not the parallel universe in which that we live. In. Uh, we live in an N-Gage-less world because the N-Gage was a terrible, terrible failure. Um, so we're going to start with the, the happy stuff. This is sort of a sad story, depending on where you land on the N-Gage. But Nokia made the N-Gage, and we all remember Nokia. They used to be killing the game. Like, they owned that mobile phone They were market. very popular in mobile mm, phone yes. space. They were so popular. Like, they were ahead of the game when it came to cell phones in general. Like, in 1987, they released one of the earliest cell phones, like, one of the first, like, actual was portable Was that one of the, phones. like, briefcase phones? Yeah, so it was called the—I love the name. It was called the City Man 900, <laughs> which I love. And it weighed one and a half pounds. It was okay. very big. It was basically, like, you, you basically needed a briefcase for it. Was it was like the Zach Morris phone. Exactly. But I guess that didn't have a briefcase. No, that was handheld by at that point. Yeah, it was handheld, but yeah. it was, like, huge. Yeah. But even then, like, that was revolutionary in 1987. Where did the 900 come from? I don't know. This was <laughs> the first one. But I love it. <laughs> City Man. The City Man 900. They just skipped all the way ahead. So Nokia was, like, really innovative, really, like, on top of the cell phone thing. Like, very prescient when it came to that. Very durable phones, too. You could drop it off a roller coaster and Exactly. Be fine. So by 1998, so it's been, like, 11 years mm. since they kind of entered the game, they had already sold a hundred and million cell phones, a hundred million cell phones Wow! Uh, by 1998, which is like unfathomable to me because I can't even remember cell phones being a thing then. Um, they made $20 billion on cell phones in 1998 Crazy. Yeah. So they were doing super well with that. Um, and then of course in 2000, they kind of revolutionized the cell phone again with the 3310 cell phone. <laughs> is Clearly, that how it's pronounced i don't know i don't know did you remember that one did you have that plant no i i i my my phones were i had the the candy bar this is the evolution of my entire phone life mm-hmm. the candy bar you could change the covers on mm-hmm. the sidekick the greatest phone ever made oh that was a good phone and then a series of disappointments called the iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i had to google it but i did have a 3310 exactly so that was like in the early 2000s, so Plant, if you don't remember, that was, like, the classic Nokia phone, the one where you can, like, throw uh, it against the wall. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, it will yeah. never break. I'm sorry. There, I, at, at this point of the Nokia thing, this is right after the big candy bar, 
Mm-hmm. I had one that I was in a James Bond movie, and he broke it in half. Oh, yeah. And then you could type on it with the screen in the middle. Oh. We lived in a glory age of cell phones, <laughs> and, and people just don't appreciate that. Yeah, man. Um, so Nokia, like, basically, they owned mobile phones. Like, 2000, yes. they released, like, the one of the most iconic phones ever. Like, I would say, like, the first phone, cell phone that people remember. And, like, people are still crazy about that one. Like, it's a cult phone. So they were the kings of the cell phone. And they were like, okay, you know what? We're really good at making portable devices. You know who else is really good at making portable devices? Is Nintendo. Yeah, they are. Mm. Uh, so Nintendo has this been is, doing I guess, it. Uh, GBA era still? Mm-hmm. We're going to get into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we're in 2000. Cell phones are the hotness. 3310, everyone has one. And, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the thing that Nokia hasn't like tapped into yet is that. Nintendo is also killing the handheld game. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're not making cell phones, but they are making video game consoles, portable consoles. And it's obviously like you got your Game Boys, but there's also other stuff. There's like the literal, I'm looking at my notes. The first one I thought of other than Game Boy was the Wonder Swan, which never even came out in America. And like, I don't know that anyone has fondness for it. Um, but there was like the po- the Neo Geo Pocket Color. Yep. Remember that? Game that Gear. Game Gear. Mm-hmm. Like that was a huge market. Um, especially with Game Boys. So Nokia's like, okay, we're really good at making portable devices, but you know what? We're actually pretty good with the game stuff, too. Because remember a little game called Snake? Yes. Yeah, good game. But I wouldn't put out Snake and be like, we're good at video games now because we put out Snake. (laughs) I mean, Pokemon (laughs) came out that like right around that time, so like... Clearly, they were not exactly at the forefront of anything. People like Snake because they had nothing else on their phone. Exactly. But the thing is, like, one, Nokia is already, like, high on their own stuff. Sure. On their own supply. This 3310 is just so popular. And they had, they released a sequel to Snake for that phone. Snake 2. Snake 2, which was, like, the definitive version of Snake, basically. (laughs) Like, it was huge. (laughs) And so I can totally see Nokia being like, well, we sold a ton of these phones. But no one's buying it for Snake 2. And everyone also (laughs) happens to love Snake 2. Therefore, we're doing pretty well with the It really should have been called Snakes, and then the 2 was the S in Snakes. That would have been better. I want to live in that parallel universe where they named it Snakes. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, Snake's a big deal. Everyone's saying, oh, those games are so fun. Like, of course, with the caveat that they're fun for cell phone games. Yeah, sure. But Nokia's, like, feeling pretty good about themselves. And they're like, okay, so we're really good at mobile. We have this really popular game. And Nintendo is proving once again that there is a lot of money to be had in the handheld market. So we're in 2001 now. Uh, the 3310 has been around for a year, still doing real well. GBA is released. Yep. Very good handheld. Yes. People. Very good. Uh, and it takes the Game Boy, does an interesting thing. It turns it on its side. Whoa. Which is <laughs> innovative. Beautiful, beautiful system. Huge jump, like, in terms of tech, in terms of graphics. It's just like a major, major bump up. Like if the Game Boy was a little boy, this is the Game Man. (laughs) The Game Man 900. The Game Man 900. (laughs) Um, And the GBA, like people really responded to that. Uh, You know, it clearly was not like, you know, the jump from Game Boy to Game Boy Color, which is kind of 
minor if you think about it. Like this was a huge jump and people really picked up on it. So the GBA sold super well. Can you guys guess how much it sold in its first week of launch? And I'll give you kind of a hint. At the time, it was the fastest selling console ever. Wow. So how much do you think it sold? Because I told someone else that they were like, oh, that's nothing. Fastest selling console at the time. What year is this? 2001. 2001. So it's after the PlayStation 2. I'm going to guess in the first year? First first week. week. First week. I'm going to guess 4 million units. What? No, that's (laughs) crazy. Chris Plant. I'm going to guess 400,000 units. Wait, Plant, do you have another guess? (laughs) A more human guess. <laughs> Four million in a week. It's a week, and it's 2001. But I appreciate you He's really so putting that oh, in Nintendo. And I feel so dumb because I just watched a thing about how many the PlayStation sold, and now I can't remember if it was 400,000 or 4 million. So we have two guesses here. We have 400,000 okay, and we have 4 million. He guesses 700,000. 700,000. Okay. It sold 500,000. So oh, right. I win. Again, I'm really there. good at the guessing numbers game. Wow, yeah. Dang. So, like, now, obviously, that doesn't sound like a ton, but for a handheld for a first console week in, in the hardware, first that's week, a big deal. Yeah. Like, so it was doing amazing, uh, amazingly. And Nokia was like, okay, you know what? This is great. Like, we want that. We want that money. We can do this. Um, so it took a little bit of time. They were toying with the idea. This was a year later they came out and they were ready to uh, announce to the world, okay, we're, we're on to the next thing. Uh, so there's this big press conference, both in London and Sydney. Wow. Two, you know, very exotic places for what me. What time does that press conference have to happen where, like, people aren't in the middle of the night? Those are, like, completely <laughs> different time zones, too. But yeah. in both London and Sydney, it's November 2002. GBA is still selling super well. And Nokia gets on stage and they're like, hey, guys, we're we're going to get in on this. And you know what? We're not just going to get in on the Nintendo thing of making, like, a portable system sure we're good at phones we're making this thing a phone it's too. also a phone it is the game boy that is also a phone amazing because that's the one thing you're missing from your game boy <laughs> um so interestingly they they didn't want to call it like a handheld or a portable gaming device because that's not what it was so they just called it like a mobile game deck so in their original like news release it just says over and over ah yes the new mobile game deck Here's your new mobile game mobile deck. Mobile game deck. Which, to me, or like in hindsight, kind of suggests, okay, they clearly don't really know what they're getting into. No. They don't quite understand this market. Well, because they obviously into. wanted it to be like, they didn't want people to be like, well, I don't want a gaming device. I just want a phone. Yeah. They didn't want to scare off those people. But they also wanted to like get gamers in there. Yeah. So deck is like, cool, bro, I'm riding my skateboard. Exactly. Like, that is actually a huge part of their marketing, which we'll get into with a very choice quote. But so basically, I mean, they do some things right, though. So during their initial release, um, an announcement, they're like, okay, we have some huge publishers. And like, these are well-known names. They have Sega on board. They have Activision on board. There's a Tony Hawk game, I remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have THQ on board. Oh, bless you, THQ. To really remind you of the time period here. And they actually are, like, going to start publishing their own games, too, because oh. they, again, feel very good about that snake thing. <laughs> so uh, so alongside, like, actually having these big names uh, tapped for publishing on the N-Gage, uh, they actually kind of have some really rad features, too, that they reveal. So it has this 
pretty they they touted as a big screen, uh, which we'll we'll get into later. But it also has an MP3 player built in. <gasps> That's pretty cool. It has internet browsing because it's a phone. Uh, it has Bluetooth, like wireless. Uh, I guess for headsets and stuff. Uh, yeah, but also like you can use that for games too. Oh, controller, yeah. Mm-hmm. It has kind of like a social networky thing called oh, the boy. arena, which is how you get into like wireless multiplayer. Oh, yeah. So it has more features than the Nintendo Switch did at launch. whoa some features i think the switch still does not have (laughs) it literally has like multiplayer the switch did not have that really bluetooth headsets yeah exactly so the n-gauge is actually like it sounds kind of cool it does and you know also it is a cell phone yeah right Mm. and consider that cell phones are pretty bulky like the 3310 Mm. uh so now you don't necessarily have to carry around a phone and a game boy yeah it's just one Still kind of bulky thing, but at least you only have the one. Now, I know, um, and you might be getting into this, but I know people felt like rectangles were kind of a dorky shape to have a cell phone in. Mm-hmm. Is there, uh, did they by any chance decide, maybe we'll try a different shape? And what shape was that? <laughs> <laughs> what they, a leading question. <laughs> uh, a different shape? Yeah. For the Nokia? Yeah, no, for the for the N-Gage. Oh, for the N-Gage. I mean, I'm just on the taco. Oh. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's on the taco, yeah. Yes, it is just the taco, yes. Okay. Yes, it's shaped I, like a to taco. To me, I'm like, that's a rectangle, and now I'm thinking about actual tacos. I'm like, oh, yeah, no. I, I totally see what you mean. It is not a rectangle. <laughs> it's a burrito. Um, No, yes. So they're kind of like, okay, we, we see the Game Boy Advance being like a horizontal thing, and sure. that's not super rectangular either. It's kind of like a rhombus, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, weird. It's not a straight-up taco, but it definitely has like rounded edges. Yeah. But they're like, okay. We see the Game Boy, kind of what you were saying, Russ. Um, so while they're doing this promo stuff, Nokia's media head is doing a lot of interviews. Mm. Talks to GameIndustry.biz. Uh, his name is Ika Reiskinen. Uh, I can't pronounce that because it's Finnish, but it's something like that. And he is like talking GameIndustry.biz, and he's like, listen, this is what he says, direct quote. Game Boy is for 10-year-olds. If you're 20 or 25 years old, it's mm. probably not a good idea to draw a Game Boy out of your pocket on a Friday night in a public Dude. place. So instead, they come up with this very mature taco-style design. Sure. <laughs> very, very adult. Of course, like, you know, 20, 25-year-olds, they, they love a lot of Taco Bell. It makes sense, I guess. Um, <laughs> but but you're right. Like, it is this in this period, like... Mm-hmm. You know, games were still pretty, like, stigmatized, like, yeah. and dorky. But and... did this ever work, like, at that point? I feel like this marketing happened a lot. Like, Sega kind of would do this type of yeah. stuff sometime. Yeah. And I feel like it never really worked out. The only thing that came close is Sony, when they launched PlayStation, targeted older, like, older, basically older male gamers. Gamers. Um... But I just air quoted. I realize that doesn't communicate very well on the podcast. <laughs> um, but like even then, I don't remember them being hard on. Oh, you should be embarrassed, but you should also play our stuff. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so like their marketing tactic was very much like playing into the era of like extreme. Yeah. Yeah. No which, fear. Yeah. Which I don't, I mean, we'll get into sales numbers, but I don't know that it worked for them. 
Uh, I mean, and I don't... we know it did not work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if it worked for them. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to think of like one of their promotional tactics was to neg all the people they're oh, ostensibly no. trying to sell this yeah. to. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that works it out. It's funny. It's basically like, hey, I know, we know you want to be a dork. Yeah. But you don't want other people to know that you're a giant dork. Like, yeah. So, like, stealth it out with this taco. Yeah, like, you are a dork, but we'll help you, like, not make that as obvious for sure. So, we get to October 2003. On October 7th, 2003, Nokia has its big launch of the N-Gage. So, they actually, again, do kind of a smart thing, I guess. They sell it both in, like, your EV Games, your GameStop, your yeah. Funko Land, RIP. And you also can find the N-Gage in cell phone stores. Sure. Well, yeah, Nokia stores, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to make, like, you know, it clear that this is both a phone and a, you know, a gaming console. So, sure. they can appeal to both people. And at launch, or, like, within launch, they have some pretty big names. They have, like, Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have Tony Hawk, as yep. you mentioned. Uh, there's a Splinter Cell game. I think the Tony Hawk game was actually pretty well received, if I recall. Yeah, it was actually like it got an 8.8 from IGN. There I saw. You go. It was it's considered the it's best a hard grade to get. <laughs> the best like portable rendition of Tony was Hawk, it, like just really. Was good. it a Vicarious Visions? Was it I basically think... the Vic? It, no, it was like it was a fully 3D Tony Hawk. It wasn't like the top down like isometric like oh, wow. GBA ones. It was mm-hmm. like. Fully third-person 3D uh, Tony Hawk game, which is pretty crazy on a handheld. Like, I remember it being, like, very impressive. Yeah. Like, the N-Gage had, like, you know, a lot of impressive features, and it was more powerful than the GBA um, on that level for sure. But to compensate for that, uh, here's a comparison that should, again, really hammer in why this thing didn't do super well. The GBA at launch cost $100. At launch, was the it really only ninety nine ninety nine. Yeah, I was That's really surprised crazy. too. Yeah, um, and it's been out for two years at this point, wow. so you know you could get it cheaper. Sure. Um, the N gauge launches at three hundred dollars. Whoa! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's uh, Wonder Swan level right there. Yeah, <laughs> it's like PS3 launch. Uh, yeah. basically, that's crazy. That's a lot of money. Yeah, I guess cell phone extra cell phone expenses like the big one, and then the hardware was more advanced. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and we'll actually get into like extra cell phone expenses because that's just for the hardware. Yeah, like alone. So, okay, the N-Gage had some cool things, right? Like, it had all those cool features, had an MP3 player, it had more than the Switch has, as Plant said very accurately. But it also pretty much did everything else wrong. Mm. Uh, The price was bad, obviously. People really balked Mm. at that price. Like, consider you could get get an actual home console for cheaper than that at this point. Um, And the screen was really, it was weird. So, you guys have seen an N-Gage, but it is tall it's taller than it is wide right the aspect ratio is bonkers yeah Yeah, which is like so that's not really great for like easy porting and it's really like strange for people who are used to playing on like at this point the game boy advance or even like game boy colors like it's just a very vertically oriented screen um other thing that engage really gets wrong uh that nokia really bungled here the gba had eight buttons on it yep including the power button Mm mm-hmm the N-Gage has 21 buttons. <laughs> I think that's great. More buttons. <laughs> They're like, okay, you know what? You know how we could beat the GBA? Add more buttons. Almost three times as many well, buttons. Well, I guess the t- so you needed 12 for all the numbers uh-huh. and the, like, pound and stuff. Uh, and then, like, D-pad. That's 16. 
uh, triggers 18. How, how close am I? <laughs> Start and select 20. Yeah, so I guess there's one more. Mm. This is not me saying I have a list of what the buttons were. Because <laughs> I But it makes sense. Like, like if 12. it's a, a cell phone, you had a requirement of exactly. like at least 12. Yes. Yeah. But like, of course, because it is a cell phone, you know, you need all those numbers. Sure. But like for anyone who's coming to this with like more of a mobile, like a handheld gaming background, that's like an absurd number. Of I mean, buttons I always wanted more buttons on the GBA. I'm just saying like <laughs> that wasn't enough. I needed too more. too simple. Yes. Um, and so the other one of the other big concerns was the shape, obviously, sure. the, the taco. Um, so not only was it just kind of like ugly to look at, the main really bad thing, and we'll get into your side talking joke a little bit later, but when you had to make a call or take a call, uh, you still had to hold it horizontally. So you would just press that nice taco against your cheek. Yeah. Talk to your mom, mm. uh, which if you're trying not to look like a <sighs> dork in public, that's talk not going to help. Talk yeah. and taco. Talk and taco. They should Why have leaned they into that. that. I know. Yeah. They should have sold it like that. But yeah, it literally. also looks like like the cheap those Tiger Electronics like yeah. handhelds. It's like not it does attractive. not look like like a high end piece of like technology. Which yeah. for the price that they're asking for, it's like crazy. Yeah, but yeah. it does not look super great. Uh, it makes you look very silly, which was part of the sell of like you can look cool with this. Uh, no, you're literally holding a weird rectangular object to your face to talk to people. Um, a review from Geek.com at the time, which was pretty negative, uh, also mentioned that as a cell phone, it was just not good. It was not a good cell phone yeah. because you got like a month free of um, it was like T-Mobile was the carrier for it, for it. They would give you $50 worth of data, which is just not that much. Sure. Even like, especially then. Uh, so uh, Joel Evans of Geek.com said he still had to carry his actual phone around. Oh, which... poor Joel. <laughs> poor Joel. Sorry, oh, Joel. Joel. <laughs> I called him Joel. Joel, Joel Evans. <laughs> Pineapple his mean Evans. mother. <laughs> I will name this one Joel. <laughs> um yeah so that was pretty much one of the big again a big sell you didn't need two devices mm. and here he is saying no i, I still needed yeah. both <laughs> it was not great um the battery life wasn't great when you wanted to do both like gaming and calling um so you could play games for like a while if that was all you were going to do but um if you then wanted to make like one phone call it would basically just like oh no hit the the brakes and it sounds like the new Apple Watch. It. Yeah, like it was like oh yeah, the Apple Watch is great and you can make phone calls, but if you do make a phone call, you will regret it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So like, if you want to use it mostly for those good good games, uh, yeah. you couldn't really use it as a phone because it would just die. Um, it lasted like three hours, Oof. which is really mm. bad. Uh, th- for comparison, at this point, the GBA SP, which is a beautiful, oh, probably my favorite handheld ever, beautiful handheld, yeah, which you know had a rechargeable battery. Yeah. It could last, I think, eight hours yeah. at the time. So three yeah. hours versus eight hours again, and it, you could fold it into a cute little cube. It was yeah. the best. That oh, it was so beautiful. I love that. Um, okay, but the absolute worst part, worse than the taco, worse than the battery life, worse than all those buttons, is how you had to like change your game so if you wanted to switch games because yeah. they had cartridges mm. very tiny little cartridges kind of sure. like switch cartridges yeah um if you wanted to change the game 
Uh, Chris Morris from CNN Money, he has a very funny uh, review of the, the Engage. It's so negative. It's really funny. And one of his biggest complaints was the changing games part. And he had a huge list. Like, here's the step-by-step process. One, you have to turn your Engage off. Two, you have to take off the back cover. Three, you have to take out the battery. <laughs> then four, you put the cartridge in. You swap them out because it's behind the battery. Five, you put the battery back in. Amazing. Six, back cover. Seven, you turn on the system, and then you have to wait for the game to load. Wow. So it's a, it's an eight-step process. Amazing. He said it, take, it took about a minute and a half to switch <laughs> games. Oh. Uh, and granted, again, there are not many games, so perhaps you weren't doing that often. Maybe they didn't take that into account, but or they did, but... You, he basically was like, this is an astonishing design flaw, is what he said, uh, that they put the card slot behind the battery, <laughs> which is so weird. Oh, uh, it again Nokia. actually reminds me of the Switch, which has a similarly complicated system for like the Switch games, though. taking your SD card out. Oh, but the SD yeah. card you just leave in more often than not. It's yes, not like switching exactly. the games is tough. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, if you wanted to just, if you played a little Tony Hawk and you're like, yeah, okay, I played like. If half an I hour. I wish the game was called Lil Tony Hawk. Lil Tony Hawk. <laughs> Lil Tony Hawk. Lil Tony Hawk yeah. for the Engage. Um, oh, also this review. I you guys should read it. I thought it was very funny. But there's a really long portion of Chris Morris's review where he talks about how one of the really bad parts of the Engage is that it uses Bluetooth. Because it's extremely dangerous. People oh. can hack into your personal information. Oh, no, Chris. If you use the Bluetooth. Watch yourself. He's Ow. just like, you know, you got to be really careful with this fancy Bluetooth thing. They're going to try and sell you on it, but it's going to just, it's going to open you up to strangers and those, those. Terrible people who are going I'm actually friends you. with Chris Morris, no joke, and I'm definitely oh, going to really? give him credit. Yeah, no, tell him I love this review. <laughs> uh, and ask him how he feels about Bluetooth <laughs> nowadays. Um, <laughs> it's like literally a good portion of the review. So uh, it got tons of terrible reviews. Of course, there's my favorite uh, from Chris Morris. Geek.com was not a fan. They were actually like a little bit uh, nicer than most PC Mag gave it a two out of five. Uh, they said they summed it up as it's a poorly implemented great idea. So recognizing there's a lot of cool features yeah. here. It's very, it's very ambitious. It's like communism, essentially. Exactly. <laughs> Who did the review for PC Mag? Uh, let me see real quick. Oh, another cute thing about the PC Mag review is at the very end it says, "Oh, by the way, check out our brand new gaming site, OneUp.com." Oh, which was cute charming. and sad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the guy who wrote the PC Mag review is Matthew D. Sarrell. I don't know if mm. you, if that sounds familiar. Mm. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, he was also. I thought, I thought it might know. be somebody else, but it wasn't. So. Okay. Sorry well, for that little detour. <laughs> that's fine. But yeah, at the end, he made sure to promo oneup.com, which made me very sad. Um, some other very choice quotes. This is uh, Dan Shu from oh, yes. EGM. Sure. Good, good old guy. He literally just. Straight up said, it's horrible. It's crap on many different levels. Oh, that was his brutal. critical opinion. And I think my favorite quote is from John Ricciatello. Ricciatello, yeah. Ricciatello. Yeah. I can't pronounce anything. It's okay. Uh, from EA. Yeah. So he wasn't president anymore at this point. Um, but Eurogamer quoted him as saying, when I picked it up, the N-Gage, I knew it was a dog. It just feels stupid. Uh, and I like that. <laughs> it, I knew it was a dog. <laughs> Very blunt, John. Yeah. Wow. So people hated it. They really did not like it. 
it was uh, not a great launch time for Nokia. Uh, not doing it for anyone. So April 2004 comes around. They have not sold very many of these things. So in the first week, they uh, sold 400,000. They shipped 600,000. But ever like after that, they were kind of like loath to. Wait, really... wait, wait. I thought the GBA sold 400,000 the first week. Uh, in the first month, I'm sorry. First, oh, okay. first month. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, isn't bad. Um, but it's not great because they estimated that by the end of its first year, hmm. they would sell 9 million NGs. Whoa. That is a bold estimation. Yeah, like that was the higher end, but sure. still, like between seven and nine million. Yeah, that's woof. Which, uh, again, Nokia was very confident. But then we get to April 2004. Uh, they are nowhere close to even a million. Uh, and they are saying, okay, we heard your complaints. Uh, maybe we don't totally agree with all of them. We still think we got something good here, but we will. We will hear them and see them and we'll try again. So they release a reiteration. They revise the N-Gage already with the N-Gage QD. Do you mm -hmm. guys remember the N-Gage QD? Yeah, vaguely, yeah. Okay. Kind of. It was like the SP equivalent of the Game Boy Advance. Yes, except the Game Boy Advance SP was like a huge, very necessary, very good revision. Yes. The QD was like a little bit better. It was Did a it fix the little bit thing? better. It did. So it did make some smart moves. Um, they moved the card slot to like the actual like bottom of the console. So you yeah. didn't have to like take all these things off to <laughs> like change Good. the game. Uh, also, the other thing that was really smart is they moved like the earpiece and the microphone uh, so that you didn't have to hold it like a taco. Like yeah. they moved it to the top of the phone so you could actually like hold it properly, <laughs> which is smart. <laughs> Um, they also like one of the complaints was the buttons, like not the amount of buttons, although that was a complaint, but like the durability of them, sure. like they felt kind of weird. Cheap. Yeah. Yeah. So they made them, um, a little bit more like the cell phones, like the buttons on the 3310. Um, so that was good. Uh, Eurogamer was like pretty optimistic about it. They had like a first impressions piece ahead of launch. Um, and they were like, oh, you know, they made some smart choices. But they also lost a lot of the things that made the N-Gage cool in the first place. They took out the MP3 player. Uh, no. Which stinks because that's really cool. Um, and weirdly, I thought this was weird. They took out surround sound or stereo sound. Oh, so there's one speaker. Yeah, there's just one really, really bad speaker. Sure. Too. So the sound was just like Probably took a lot of space bad. to have the stereo. Yeah. But it's not like they, like, don't have tons of space because this thing is huge. Yeah, but I don't even think the SP had stereo sound. I think it had one speaker. Mm, yeah. So I think by that point, it was probably, like, kind of a standard for handheld gaming. Yeah, but, like, the GBA SP sounds good. Yeah. Like, despite only having one speaker. But this, like, not only did they take away the stereo, but it literally just did not. Like, oh, the quality was just sure. much worse. Um, so then it actually came out in May 2004. So that's a pretty like quick turnover. And Geek.com came back and they said, you know, this is actually a lot better. Like, this is good. It, it's still, you know, the games are lacking. It's not as good as a Game Boy, but it's a lot better. What did and, the QD stand for? Uh, <laughs> it was a cutie. It was a cutie, yes. A cutier version. Let me remind you that Nokia named its first cell phone the Cityman 900, so yeah, let's not true. read too much into <laughs> what I, I just want to know all the derivation of this branding. is fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, PC Mag was still pretty sour on it, um, especially. So here's an important development mm. that happened while this was going on. 
2004. Do you remember what uh, console, handheld console, came out in 2004? Um, PSP? No. Too early for that, I guess. Would it have been? I think it would have been P- PSP wasn't out by then. Well, there's another one. Oh, okay. <laughs> and actually, no, the PSP did not come out in America until 2005. But... Oh. <laughs> but there is one okay. that came out in 2004. Okay, 2004. That's really big. You guys can't think of it. You're going to smack yourselves. The, oh, the, the Nintendo DS. Exactly. Came out in 2004? Mm-hmm. Isn't that wild? That's in the U.S., really? Well, mm-hmm. oh, oh, no November. Mm-hmm. That was, Feels like it would have been much earlier than that. But I thought it was later just because I remember getting oh, it really? in college, in my first year of college was 2005. But uh, I got it when I turned yeah. uh, 12. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway. anyway. Cool. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> so, right. So, you know, Geeks.com is saying, you know, this is pretty good. But the DS is on the way. Like, mm. we've seen it. It looks really cool. Um, it you know, has two screens, Whoa. it's the future, hmm. and Sony has already shown off the PSP. Yes. And, you know, PlayStation's huge at this point. Yeah. Uh, so everyone's really hyped for PSP and Sony entering the market and Nintendo, like, completely dropping the Game Boy thing and trying something completely different, and, of course, that works out very well for them. Uh, so ultimately, it feels like too little too late at this point. So um, even though they made a lot of those revisions... Geek.com's big big takeaway was had they just released the N-Gage QD from the get-go, yeah. we could have a different conversation. Uh, so doesn't really doesn't really move the needle too much. So again, they wanted to sell nine million by the end of the first year. <laughs> so by like October 2004. Yeah. Uh, nope, that didn't happen because even though price cuts happened pretty quickly, uh, EB Games, there's a report that said they cut the price by $100 within like a month. Mm. Uh, cell phone providers were pretty much giving them away with data plans. Oh, sure, yeah. Which is pretty mm. smart. Um, before they even released the QD, they were saying, yeah, we're kind of disappointed with the sales, uh, but we'll give it time. We'll wait until 2005 and then we'll make a judgment. We'll give it until then. But it took until the end of 2004 to actually even ship a million. Not even like sell. Wow. Just like ship a million. Again, this is nine times less than they were expecting. <laughs> uh, so and the, so the QD did help a bit, but not enough. Uh, another thing I thought was interesting that probably didn't help was that Nokia didn't even like bother bringing it to Japan, which I thought was strange because Japan clearly is like a very big market for handheld mm. games. So uh, even though, you know, Nintendo being their biggest competitor and all those other handhelds coming from Japan, they kind of just were like, eh, we don't need that. So I don't think that helped them with uh, their financial problems. But there were also some other like bad choices they made in terms of like money that was kind of interesting. So uh, the cost of making Engage titles was very very high how much do you think like bare minimum it would cost to make an engage for a game yeah an engage game uh plant you want to guess something outrageous although again remember in context no. here because <laughs> <laughs> like nowadays games cost 40 billion dollars to make but yeah I, I, it would be helpful to know how much games cost then so this was i don't have the number for gba games but uh Reiskinen, the yeah, yeah the Echa. head, the Finnish guy whose name I can't pronounce. I'm so sorry. Uh, it was significant, significantly higher than the cost of making GBA games. I'm gonna guess it cost 
three million dollars. It actually only cost a hundred thousand, which was again significantly higher. Wow! Between a hundred thousand and five hundred thousand, which at the time that's for amazing. A, a portable, how cheap games were back then. Holy yeah, cow! Like that number nowadays is like that's yeah. great. Yeah. That's easy. Um, but back then it was like very very costly. Um, also, Nokia was paying people like a fee to make games for them. Um, they were giving really high royalty fees to some developers, which could be like 70% royalties. Wow. Uh, so uh, Nokia. 70% of zero is still zero. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Nokia was making some uh, weird choices. So by November 2005, which was the deadline they had set for themselves when they were like finally going to reassess this whole Engage project, uh, sales were still really slow. They did not really pick up. They had still barely, you know, shipped past a million. Uh, they hadn't sold anywhere close to that at all. Definitely nowhere close to that nine million. And so finally in November 2005, two years later, uh, Nokia comes out and they says, yeah, they say, yeah, we, we messed up. We failed. This <laughs> say, is a failure. Nokia, they says. The, Nokia, Surely. they says. Nokia, they says. They says to me, <laughs> we only sold a third of our a third of our expectations. But th- but thankfully Nokia rallied and now they're a juggernaut in the mobile games mobile like phone space. Oh yes, right? and we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they at that point actually it was kind of like quick. So they were like, okay, we committed to this 2005 yeah. deadline. We did not meet our expectations. We are discontinuing the engage right now. So they were still selling it in some um, Asian territories. Mm. Again, not Japan. Yeah. Um, India, I know, was a big one. I think it was India and China. They still sold very limited quantities. But the U.S., like, immediately, they were like, we're not making more of these. The West is not getting them anymore. So sorry to all of our fans. Um, And so ultimately, by 2007, they had shipped 3 million of these total. So, of course, this takes into consideration they had discontinued. But still, they were selling a little bit. It was still trickling out um, over the years. But... Their initial expectation was nine million by end of two thousand four. By two thousand seven, they had not even sold three million, which is very sad. So Nokia, where they are now, we'll we'll get to we'll bring them up to speed here because it gets sadder. Yep, it's a lot sadder. (laughs) So Nokia keeps trying. They keep trying with games. Snake. They're like, you know what? People still like Snake. We have Snake. We're still on that Snake tip. Uh, and we're good at phones. Let's rally, guys. Let's remember what we're good at. So Snake lives on. At least we still have Snake. They're putting that on their phones. Um, and in 2008, they're like, you know what? We got Snake. We got some other prepackaged games. Let's try this Engage thing again. Oh, my God. Not in, no. not in the same way. But this is now kind of like the smartphone era. So the iPhone came out in 2007. Mm-hmm. They see that and they're like, oh, that's kind of what we were trying to do, except much worse. But see, like people want games, yeah. like real games on their phones. So they bring back Engage on their their smartphones as a brand. It's like a platform. Yeah. Why the hell would they bring the brand back that everyone like, already hated? Literally twice. the name, the tainted name it's crazy. of Engage. And it didn't work. <laughs> didn't really help them at all. And a year later, in October 2009, they were like, okay, we will finally stop doing this. Thank God. <laughs> we're going to give up on this Engage thing specifically. Not the games thing. We still sure. think we could be good at that. But Engage, Engage is just not working. So uh, literally, they did not know how to quit. They were too legit, too legit to quit on this, this game <laughs> mm, thing. Mm, yeah. So they started another store. They were like, we're going to just get back at it, take off Engage. 
And the name, I think it was like Ovi or something. It was like very strange. It was a strange name. Uh, and it died. It did not do well. Oh. It took a little bit longer for it to die. It got to live a little mm. bit longer. In 2012, they were like, okay, let's just give up. <laughs> this is just not working. Um, and in 2012, so I, of course in 2012, it wasn't just like, okay, it's been three years or whatever. They also were just doing really badly yeah. financially. Yeah. Uh, they fell on real hard times. The iPhone did not help. iPhone was this juggernaut Samsung now. Samsung is obviously jumping in and yeah. exactly. So Nokia is just this like, they used to be so revolutionary and innovative and they're just really falling behind at this yeah. point. So in 2012, they're doing so badly, like their shares dropped to like $2 a share. Um, it's just, they almost declare bankruptcy. Things are so bad. Uh, in just like 10 years yeah, or whatever that's all it it's takes. been. Yeah. So in 2013, a year later in September, they sold off the mobile division, their pride and joy, just 10 years earlier to Microsoft. Which mm. is probably smart mm. uh, if we think about it, it now because, yes. No, go, well. go, go on. I'm curious why this is smart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the no, so the Nokia brand gets to live on. You know, they've made some phones that some people like. There's like the yeah. Nokia Lumia I mean, would, now. And who doesn't love Windows phones? Yeah. Exactly. I would argue that it was a smart idea because Nokia made money on something that was essentially worthless. <laughs> So wise move for Nokia, so bad far, move for Microsoft. As far as Windows phones go, I mean the Nokia branded ones, which yeah. Nokia doesn't really have anything to do with, but the branded ones at least are supposed to be okay. As, as I understand it, um, <sighs> Microsoft bought them for manufacturing purposes, like mm -hmm. they wanted their manufacturing. Mm -hmm. um, so, But yeah, as Plant said, no one likes Windows phones, so whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, they got out of that, so they don't even have to worry about cell phones. And they're still making stuff, obviously, yes. like other electronics. Have I, have I told you my favorite Windows phone story? No. I'm not going to no. name this person. Okay. There's a publicist that I'm in contact with who works for, there are a trillion divisions of Microsoft. Sure. Who works for Microsoft. And I presume has to use a Windows phone. Oh, yes. Because you work for it. And at the end of his emails, it has the auto, like, sign-off. And it is his name followed by apologies sent from a Windows phone. <laughs> and, and I know like it's supposed to be like apologies for typos and whatever. But every time I see it, I laugh. It's like, I'm so sorry. I had to just that you have any mild contact with this phone is, is reason for me to ask for your forgiveness. I'm so sorry that I had to even put Windows phone in your your inbox your inbox <laughs> yeah um yeah so microsoft is still using that brand for its wonderful windows phones but essentially nokia has just moved out of the the very lucrative mobile phone space that they were so good at for so long and it they they're doing okay but it's just like the n-gage was just sort of emblematic for them of like they were innovative they wanted to revolutionize but they got a little too big for their britches and uh, there's a really good Paste magazine retrospective where they talked to a bunch of people involved at the time with Nokia and the production of the N-Gage. And um, one of the quotes was, it was essentially like boiling it down. It was ahead of its time. Um, they also said like, oh, we think the critics were way too harsh on it, which I don't think is true because the N-Gage was not great. Was but there were a lot of features on it that we see now on, you know, 
mobile yeah, devices. Vertical screens. Yeah, you know, vertical screens. That was huge. Multiple, many buttons, 20 plus buttons. But, you know, wireless, Bluetooth, yeah, sure. and that sort of that's, thing. That's also like a huge mistake of that era for video game hardware makers, where they like made very expensive like decadent hardware mm-hmm. that had no real application and then they were shocked and like PO'd when the Jaguar or the 3DO didn't become humongous yeah. because of it like being well the sheer power of it is, yeah. is why you would want to pay for it I mean who cares if it's like can't actually do anything yeah um so yeah I I, I think like of course hardware manufacturers would think people were too hard on it because all they cared about was the hardware but that's exactly. like such a small chunk of what matters. Yeah, and like with the 3DO and the Jaguar and like other super, pri- even like the PS3 at launch, like the biggest criticism isn't just like, oh, it's too powerful. We're not ready for this. Or like, <laughs> you know, we're all the Bluetooth. <laughs> we're scared of the Bluetooth because Chris Morris told us to be like, there aren't games. There just weren't games. Like Tony Hawk was good, but Tomb Raider, um, I think it was geek.com. They were like, yeah, the screen, it just looks bad. Yeah. It's really dark. It also, just... how do you play a Sonic game with a vertical screen where you can only see yeah. like five feet ahead of you? Exactly. Ooh. Like they were just trying very much to like innovate on hardware and like be all high power and we're so cool and mature, but they're forgetting the point, which is to play games that are yeah. fun, Yeah, which is sad. But I mean, it just speaks to the fact that they are a mobile manufacturer. They yeah. were. And that's what they were good at. They were really good at Snake. They thought Snake was like the game of the, the century, which sad. it's Snake, which is fun, but it's literally just a, a line. <laughs> um, so Nokia nowadays. For, for the people is, listening, Allegra just drew a line. There, see, to there's make a, sure it's, that we, it's like this. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> a line. So it's it's a sad story uh, that we no longer have our end gauges. We're not in the universe where we're all using our end gauge X's and there Alas. would be 50 buttons on it in the, in the age of the touchscreen. They would still have those buttons. Um, so the last thing I want to talk about to get back to your first gag, Russ, hilarious. your hilarious joke. Uh, the one thing Engage brought to us that maybe wasn't bad. I'm not a fan, but I'm curious <laughs> to your take. They contributed to the good, the good meme culture. Which is very crucial. They really did. Mm-hmm. This was a big one. So yeah. side talking. You guys remember? Russ remembers. I you remember. remember side talking plan? Mm-hmm. Did you guys ever take any side talking photos? I don't think I, I ever took a photo. No. <laughs> okay, I'm not that well. Active. I mean, it's funny because the, you would have had to like take it with like a digital camera and then plug it into your computer to like rip it down and then upload it, I guess, and put text under it. Isn't that, that's so funny. That's a lot of work. That's so funny. That's how we had to do it for a long time. Uh, so yeah, because you would just hold the taco thing to your face and it looked really stupid, people were like, oh, why don't we take other stupid looking yeah. things? Yeah, and hold that to our face. Uh, someone held up an actual taco. Yeah, that's taco. Funny. And there was a big website collecting all these photos, which every single photo, like 99% of the photo was like, how do I say this without sounding terrible? It's like your stereotypical like gamer nerd, like yeah. exactly the person that Nokia was like, oh, this is those dopes who like <laughs> are playing Game Boys and don't look cool. Like exactly <laughs> those people. Burn them along, burn them. Yeah, uh, those dopes. Um, literally, it's every single one of those dudes, and like it's ninety nine percent like 
white greasy dudes, <laughs> which I thought was very funny. There it is. Was really <laughs> just to be straight up, I'm not going to call them dopes anymore. Got to be real. I wrote in my notes, damn, it's all white people. <laughs> um, all dudes. And it's just like sorted by ladies, shirtless, scary, what? like there's different genres oh, of the Scientology no. um, And people just submit their photos of them holding really stupid objects. I'm looking at it now. There's, oh God. The someone, website is still up? It's still up. Wow. It's not updated anymore. Someone holding the Obviously. Donkey Konga bongos. Oh yeah, sure. To his ear like a phone. Uh, someone holding like a whole bunch of bananas. Uh, a PS2 to their their ear, a chair, like it was just very dumb and outrageously stupid. And wait, Jesus here's Christ, uh, here's like white. a bunch of them from Chris Plant. Actually, Plant, you uploaded a bunch. It looks like <laughs> actually, I'm seeing Plant on here. You liar! <laughs> Plant yeah. holding his brother. Oh my god, this is actually kind of a good one. So it's a you guy monster. holding an end gauge to like his friend's ear oh, and then mm. his friend is like pressing his head against his ear so mm. it, it's silly um yeah oh so, boy yeah very very funny and so and like the side talking <laughs> wow, meme at that point of the show where we describe visual memes and explain <laughs> whether or not they're funny See, it's, it's a really funny internet meme at the mm, time uh-huh. it was a very funny internet meme it, memetics are a little more complicated than they might suggest <laughs> but yeah so side talking lasted for a little while it was like super popular which is making me very happy that i was not on those parts of the internet at that time because i was like 11 yeah um but 4chan actually tried to bring it back like four years ago like they were like man remember that really good meme you guys we should bring back side talking that's the meme we miss (laughs) so uh literally on the side talking thing it's like help bring this back we can save side talking uh, so they were trying to campaign to bring back the meme, but literally memes last yeah, for like two they don't minutes. Really work like that. The fact that this meme lasted for like two years is already shocking. Um, and yeah, that's the. I think it's a sad story. It is. It, it does not age. certainly end well for anyone involved, um, but also very educational. And we learned a little bit about the the world of cell phones and hardware. Yeah. And the City Man Nine Hundred. I yes, we should bring back the City Man 900. I think that is an instant seller right there. It's 30 years old this year. There's still some Hell, time. Yes, anniversary edition. Totally. Uh, thank you, Allegra. That was great. Thanks. And thank you, Chris Plant, for your excellent, hilarious memes on there. Everyone, check those out. Just search Chris Plant on SideTalking.net. Um, and uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you at home uh, for listening to the History of Fun, where we explore the hidden backstories behind the things you love to do. Uh, just a small reminder, if you love uh, the show and like what we're doing, please uh, support us with a little bit of a review and maybe a share on the on the Twitter and various other social networks to let people know about it, because we're trying to really spread the word uh, and get this show off to a very strong start. It's already at a strong start. It's already burning up the charts. But you know what? Those charts can be burned a little crispier if it's up to me. Burn I them down. Leave, <laughs> leave, leave the review on Apple Podcast. Not Leave called iTunes on. anymore. The game has changed. It's called Apple Podcast. <laughs> and that's if, where you should leave the review. If you're an I, on an iPhone, it takes about 30 seconds. It's very easy. Uh, and thank you uh, all. And uh, we'll see you next week. Tala, good night. Adios. What was Bye. That? <laughs> <laughs>